Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, July 11th. In today's news, Iran harasses a British vessel in the Strait of Hormuz. New calls mount for the governor of Puerto Rico to resign after a series of FBI raids in San Juan. And Alex Acosta will keep his job for now after holding a news conference to defend himself. But first, the big idea. Jolted by a new report that shows the Treasury Department running out of cash much faster than previously forecasted, the White House is pushing congressional leaders to strike a spending deal and increase the debt limit in the next two or three weeks. But the talks have bogged down amid acrimony between Democrats and the White House. And now Washington's leaders run the risk of a fiscal pileup that could also imperil President Trump's efforts to update NAFTA. White House officials have said the debt ceiling must be raised by early September to ensure the government can pay its bills. And spending on many federal programs expires at the end of September, requiring a separate deal to prevent a government shutdown. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin consulted with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi this week and met yesterday with GOP leaders alongside Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney trying to forge some kind of solution. Pelosi has made clear that any increase in the federal debt limit must come as part of a broader two-year budget deal, an approach also favored by leading Senate Republicans. But it's far from clear whether lawmakers in the administration will be able to reach such an agreement before Congress leaves town for its annual summer recess in August. That's 10 legislative days from now, and then they'll be gone for a month until after Labor Day. Mnuchin is serving as the White House's emissary with Democrats because Pelosi has brushed aside other senior White House officials. She has dismissed Mulvaney, saying he has, quote, no credibility on spending issues because when he was in the House, he pushed to shut down the government repeatedly. The one bright spot had appeared to be Pelosi's respect for U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer, who spent more than a year carefully cultivating ties with top Democrats in his push to revamp NAFTA. But even that effort is now under extreme strain as labor unions and vocal liberals are demanding major changes that, frankly, might be politically infeasible. All these dynamics will test the withering relationship between Pelosi and Trump. Pelosi has tried to hold back her caucus from launching a formal impeachment proceeding against the president, but she faces mounting pressure as the 2020 presidential campaign picks up steam. And Trump's not making her job any easier, making matters much worse for the purposes of getting things done on Capitol Hill. Trump has ordered massive raids and deportations to begin this weekend. That's going to make it more untenable for a lot of Democrats, especially on the left, to vote for anything this White House wants. ICE agents are preparing to arrest thousands of immigrants during raids that are scheduled to begin on Sunday. The New York Times reports this morning that these raids will also include what are called collateral deportations. That means authorities plan to detain immigrants who just happen to be on the scene, even though they are not targets of the raids. ICE agents are targeting at least 2,000 immigrants who have been ordered deported, some as a result of their failure to appear in court. The operation is expected to take place in at least 10 major U.S. cities. Meanwhile, the Trump administration is increasingly concerned about the prospects for a trade deal with China amid an unexpected reshuffling of the Chinese negotiating team and a lack of progress on core issues since the Group of 20 summit in Japan. Chinese Commerce Minister Zhang Shan, who is regarded by many White House officials as a hardliner, has assumed new prominence in the talks. He took the lead, in fact, during a Tuesday conference call alongside Chinese Vice Premier Liu He, who has headed the Chinese trade team for more than a year. 
Hopes for a deal have also been dented by China's failure to make large new purchases of U.S. farm products, despite Trump's insistence at the G20 that Chinese President Xi Jinping had agreed to place such orders immediately. And there hasn't been an announced schedule for the next round of direct talks to begin. A former China analyst at the CIA, Dennis Wilder, tells us that Zhang's emergence reflects a loss of confidence in Liu He and the desire of Xi to bring in someone a little more politically savvy. And again, he's a hardliner. Other intelligence sources say that the Chinese negotiators have been given instructions to get tougher with the U.S. Beijing thinks it can drive a harder bargain with Trump because they think he's increasingly anxious about his re-election prospects based on their intelligence collection. In an effort to revive the stalled trade talks, Trump agreed at the G20 to postpone the tariffs he had planned to put in place on $300 billion in imports from China and also to allow Huawei, a Chinese telecommunications company that U.S. officials call a national security threat, to continue buying American computer chips. Trump told his trade team before that Tuesday conference call to secure new Chinese orders for soybeans and wheat that he believed had been promised to him in Osaka, Japan. But Zhang and Liu together declined to offer any specific commitments, angering Trump and frankly leaving negotiations at a standstill. Everything that's unraveling from immigration to trade to the debt ceiling could have real consequences for the American people. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, more escalation in the Strait of Hormuz as three Iranian vessels attempted to stop a British tanker traveling through the state in the latest escalation in the Persian Gulf over the last few weeks. The British government says one of their Navy ships, the HMS Montrose, was forced to position herself between the Iranian vessels and British heritage. And the the British Navy ship needed to issue a verbal warning to the Iranian vessels, which then turned away. Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps denies that it was involved in challenging the British tanker. But Tehran previously warned Britain of consequences for seizing an Iranian supertanker in the Mediterranean last week, a move it called an act of piracy. But that vessel was carrying oil to Syria in violation of European Union sanctions. This is all happening a day after the British ambassador to the U.S., Kim Durek, stepped down under pressure from Trump, who said he wouldn't deal with him anymore until he was removed. Or he, I guess he wouldn't deal with the British until he was removed. Number two, the FBI arrested two former senior officials who served in the administration of Puerto Rico Governor Ricardo Rossello in connection to a corruption scandal that is prompting calls for the governor's resignation. The arrests have spurred concern up on Capitol Hill about the billions of dollars in aid that Congress has approved for the island. New federal indictments that came out yesterday say the former officials illegally directed federal funding to politically connected contractors. The arrests come about a month after Congress approved the controversial disaster aid bill that earmarked additional funding for Puerto Rico's recovery from Hurricane Maria in 2017. And that bill was tied up because Trump called island officials incompetent and corrupt. (laughs) Six people were charged yesterday as part of the 32-count indictment. They include Julia Kelleher, who served as Puerto Rico's education secretary until April, and Angela Avila Marrero, who was the executive director of the Puerto Rico Health Insurance Administration until late June. Prosecutors say Rossello, the governor, was not involved in the investigation, but these are his appointees. The governor said on Twitter he's cut short a family vacation so he can return to the island 
And the U.S. attorney in Puerto Rico is telling CBS News this morning that Rosello is not being investigated. On Twitter, though, the governor said his administration will fight corruption in all its forms and that nobody should be above the law. The island's allies fear that these arrests will give Trump greater justification going forward for curtailing badly needed support for the island. And there are internal dynamics in Puerto Rico to keep an eye on. San Juan Mayor Carmen Yulin Cruz, a political opponent of the governor who has clashed with Trump, said that poor people on the island who still need federal aid will be the victims of the corruption charges if they lead to reductions in federal spending. Number three. Labor Secretary Alex Acosta defended his role yesterday as the federal prosecutor who brokered a plea deal for sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, saying that Epstein would have had no jail time if his office hadn't intervened. Acosta, who was the top federal prosecutor for the Southern District of Florida when the 2008 deal was struck, portrayed his actions and those of his fellow federal prosecutors as heroic and possibly unprecedented. He said the state attorney was preparing to allow Epstein to plead to a single charge of solicitation that didn't make any reference to the age of the female minor. That deal would have carried no jail time, he said, and would not have required Epstein to register as a sex offender. The state attorney last night denied this vigorously and said that Acosta is not telling the truth. During Wednesday's news conference, Acosta said that new evidence and a change in climate for sex abuse victims, since they're now more likely to be believed by a jury, has made the case against Epstein more viable. Acosta said that a decade ago, the female minors were either too afraid to testify or wanted to put the incident behind them, making it difficult to put together a case. Attorneys for the victims say this is also not true. Meanwhile, up here in D.C., Acosta has proposed cutting funding in the most recent Trump budget for a Labor Department agency that fights child sex trafficking. He proposed cutting funding for that agency by 80 percent. And back down in Florida, last night, Trump's company canceled that golf tournament I told you about yesterday that a Miami-area strip club planned to hold at his Doral Resort this weekend. In a statement, the president's company said it canceled Shadow Cabaret's tournament after the nonprofit named as the beneficiary of the event, the Miami All-Stars Foundation, dropped out earlier in the day in reaction to negative publicity. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, July 11th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow.